Logical answers to illogical excuses for Mormon polygamy next on Polygamy What Love Is This? discuss the myths that many in the Mormon faith have used to explain why the early Mormons practiced polygamy. We've discussed it many times in the past. Different things seems to crop up. And aside from the alleged revelation of Joseph Smith, there have been many uh, justifications yeah. conjured up through the years to explain why a man taking many wives was a good thing. Now, the most useful excuse, of course, is that they say God told them to do it. And for people who want to please God, they'll do what they think he wants them to do. But before obedience, there must be verification. Did God say to live polygamy? Would God use polygamy as a means for eternal life or a Mormon exaltation? It doesn't take a whole lot of Bible study to find that God would not and could not command polygamy. From beginning to end, the Bible teaches that there's only one Savior, one faith, one God, one way to heaven, and there is nothing in any of those passages where polygamy is included as a salvation issue or exaltation, according to Mormonism. So verifying what people say God said is imperative. There are some questions that we need to ask those who justify Joseph Smith's polygamy and contemporary Mormon fundamentalists. First, the Book of Mormon condemns polygamy. Now, we know the arguments <clears throat> that the people in Book of Mormon times were treating their wives badly, reducing them to tears, basically leaving, living polygamy unrighteously, which is why God forbid them to have plural wives. But as a comparative since the beginning, when <clears throat> excuse me, when God instituted monogamy, monogamous marriages have often been lived unrighteously, as it were. Sure. Through the ages and even to this very day, monogamous couples have problems. Some are abusive, some are reduced to tears, unfaithfulness, and many, many other difficulties. If, as they claim, the Book of Mormon people were forbidden polygamy because of these problems then why didn't God also forbid monogamy because of these same problems? Good logic. <laughs> Using the same logic, he should have outlawed monogamy. If God forbid adultery in the Bible, why would he ever allow or even command a man to take multiple wives at any time in history? If unrighteous polygamy in the Book of Mormon times was an abomination, then so is unrighteous polygamy in Joseph Smith's time an abomination, and also today. Here's a sample of the Book of Mormon's condemnation of polygamy. This is long, but this is the passage for context. Yeah. It's from Jacob, Jacob chapter 2. <clears throat> but the word of God burdens me because of your grosser crimes. For behold, thus saith the Lord, this people begin to wax in iniquity. They understand not the scriptures, for they seek to excuse themselves in committing whoredoms because of the things which were written concerning David and Solomon his son. Behold, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord. Wherefore I, the Lord God, will not suffer that this people shall do like unto them of old. Wherefore, my brethren, hear me. And hearken to the word of the Lord, for there shall not any man among you have, save it be one wife, and concubines he shall have none. 
For I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women, and whoredoms are an abomination before me. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Wherefore, this people shall keep my commandments, saith the Lord of hosts, or cursed be the land for their sakes. For if I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up a seed unto me, I will command my people, otherwise they shall hearken unto these things. For behold, I, the Lord, have seen the sorrow and heard the mourning of the daughters of my people in the land of Jerusalem, yea, in all the lands of my people, because of the wickedness and abominations of their husbands. And I will not suffer, saith the Lord of hosts, that the cries of the fair daughters of this people shall come up against me, shall come unto me against the men of my people, saith the Lord of hosts. For they shall not lead away captive the daughters of my people because of their tenderness, save I shall visit them with a sore curse, even unto destruction, for they shall not commit whoredoms like unto them of old, saith the Lord of hosts. Ye have come unto great condemnation, for ye have done things which ye ought not to have done. Behold, ye have done greater iniquities than the Lamanites, our brethren. Ye have broken the hearts of your tender wives and lost the confidence of your children. Because of your bad examples before them and the sobbings of their hearts ascend up to God against you. And because of the strictness of the word of God, which cometh down against you, many hearts died pierced with deep wounds. Now, he's very wordy, isn't he? Wow. Well, <laughs> and you know, it's always so curious that he would write all the, have to etch all this in, on gold plates, you know. Oh, yeah. You think you could have come up with a little uh, very, more of a summary. Very condemned. Well, and God did on the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, that yeah. covers it all. <laughs> Uh, but the Fine. illogical explanations for this passage, yeah. uh, which they say doesn't preclude any polygamy at all, but right. just the way they were living it, right. uh, that polygamy itself isn't wrong. But David and Solomon were wrong in their polygamous behavior. But the Doctrine and Covenant says they were righteous in their polygamous behavior. In the very so, first verse. Very first verse. It, so yeah. we've got a lot of contradictions start just to begin with. Uh, but because of this passage itself says David and Solomon were wrong in their polygamous behavior, God forbid it with the Book of Mormon people unless he commands otherwise. Yet that cannot be <clears throat> a correct interpretation simply because <clears throat> nowhere in the Bible... Does it say that David or Solomon broke the tender hearts of their wives? Yeah. We don't read any of that. Now, David killed Uriah uh, for, uh, for his wife. Solomon turned from God because of his wives, but there is no record they abused their wives. Yet in this Book of Mormon passage, the wives have broken hearts because of the treatment of their polygamist husbands. Polygamy could not be commanded by God in one era of time and called an abomination in another era of time. Joseph Smith actually treated most of his plural wives very badly. Most were neglected, impoverished, lamenting over their treatment, loneliness. Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and the others treated their women the same way that the Book of Mormon people were treating theirs as if that Book of Mormon are true, that is. Yeah, right. This is, of course, the exception of which justifiers remind us. And then, of course, there's that verse 30. Yeah, verse 30 <laughs> from chapter 2. For if I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up seed unto me, I will command my people. 
Otherwise, they shall hearken unto these things. Now, this is this is presuming that they, that God is commanding His people to right. live polygamy. It doesn't say that. No, but that's what they say it means, and that's their excuse for polygamy today. To raise up a righteous seed. Yeah. And that's also assuming that only polygamists can raise up righteous seed. <laughs> <laughs> in Pioneer, Utah, where polygamy was everywhere, uh, Salt Lake City was inundated with bars and saloons and houses of prostitution. Historical accounts have stated that many Mormon men frequented these establishments. Obviously, polygamy wasn't making men righteous. In polygamy today, have you noticed how many polygamists are charged in lawsuits with crimes, cheating, abuse, child sex trafficking, and so on? Obviously, polygamy does not have an exclusive corner on raising up righteous children. Now, God commanded monogamists, Adam and Eve, to multiply and fill the earth. As monogamists, Adam and Eve raised up both righteous and unrighteous children. That's true. After the great flood, God told Noah's monogamous sons to multiply and fill the earth. It's a lie to believe that polygamy will be used by God to raise up righteous seed. And our question to the LDS Church remains unanswered. Why do you condemn today's polygamists who are doing what Joseph Smith commanded and you give no apology for polygamy and the ravages that it has caused through the decades of Mormon polygamy and its abuses. All we get are excuses and shallow justification or silence. We quote from an online Mormon resource. In our own day, prophets are needed to reveal or clarify when God authorizes certain practices and how he wants those practices to be conducted. In the case of plural marriage, the Bible and the Book of Mormon teach that monogamy is God's standard for marriage unless he declares otherwise, and that's from the official Declaration 1 heading. Or in Jacob's language, if I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up seed unto me, I will command my people to practice plural marriage, otherwise they shall hearken unto these things, that is the commandments to be married, and have sexual relations with only one wife. Okay, so this is an example of some of their excuses. Uh, (laughs) But we will begin our answer to this with, we do not need prophets today to reveal or clarify God's authorized practices. The Bible is complete with what His will is, including His unchangeable will for marriage. If God changes his mind about monogamy and introduces polygamy, especially Mormon-style polygamy that makes it a requirement for heaven, then God is a changeable God, and both the Book of Mormon and the Bible cannot be and should not be trusted because both books teach that God doesn't change and his decrees cannot be changed. And finally, we've mentioned before, but must say again, that one man with seven wives cannot have more children than seven men, each with one wife. Obviously, God does not need polygamy to raise up righteous children to be born into their church. The second point on illogical excuses, early Mormon polygamy is said to have taken place because there were so many widows that needed protection and provision. So instead of charity work, they required marriage. That's really dumb. You know, there are very many poverty-stricken widows today in Mormonism using the same logic. Why aren't they requiring pearl marriage for them? 
And why keep $100 billion in investments when they could be helping these widows and their children instead of requiring 10% tithe despite economic poverty? We have an example of the astronomical amount that $100 billion is. It's kind of fascinating here. If a person were to count to a billion beginning at one, one number every second, and that's quite optimistic when you get to higher numbers such as 543,376,393, and then have to say thou that 94, yeah. it would take more than 31 years to count to a billion, and that, my friends, is just for one billion. It would take more than three centuries to count to a hundred billion. Wow. How about one more example? If a person were to spend a million dollars every hour of every day, 24 hours a day, that would be 24 million per day. You would have to spend that for 4,166 days or almost 11 and a half years to get to a hundred billion dollars. That's spending it at a rate of 24 million a day, an amount that would stagger even the rich and the famous. Amen to that. <laughs> and, and, and of course, we talked about this last time. Uh, what did Jesus teach about hoarding monies? Uh, the, New Test or the, the Old Testament, the Bible is filled with how we're supposed to take care of widows and children. Mm -hmm. and the Mormon church, instead of helping them, just required polygamy. <laughs> yeah, and, and still amass their money. Do our LDS and polygamous viewers read the Bible to learn what Jesus actually taught about their doctrinal beliefs, include their love, including their love of money? Jesus wasn't against people having money, but he was against people hoarding money while others suffered hunger and homelessness. Even in early Mormon days, they kept their polygamous families in poverty while the church leadership and their favorite wives lived very well. Mm -hmm. The United Order and polygamy are nothing but a farce. A few people get the wealth and the wives, the regular member get the crumbs. And why do some men take dozens of wives? They can be polygamous with two wives. Some polygamy groups claim he must have at least three wives, and some claim he must have five wives to get him into heaven. Wow. But those leaders, beginning with Joseph Smith, have dozens of wives. They have so many children, they don't even recognize their own child among a crowd of children. Or maybe that crowd of children are all his, <laughs> and he doesn't know which wife each child came from. Let's go to excuse number three. Many of today's LDS believe that there are very few polygamists in the early days, and that they did it only because God had given them a special calling. Yeah. Now, Mormonism has a phrase that certain jobs in their church work is required, and a calling, quote-unquote, uh, is something that God himself has called that person to do that work or persons. Like teaching Sunday school sure. or director of women or children's groups or bishop, which you were, I you so, had a yeah. calling to be a bishop. Right. And you thought God called you to do that, right? I believe that. That's what they told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was a calling for you to be a bishop. It could have been a calling to live polygamy, yeah. according to this right. logical, right. illogical reason. Right. Um, but that, that God called some people to live polygamy and others were not supposed to do it. We have a quote. <laughs> In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, serving in the church is voluntary, 
A position of service is referred to as a calling because they are called or appointed to that position through revelation and the whisperings of the Spirit. Essentially, the idea is that it is the Lord that has called or asked a person to perform a specific duty in the church. When the Lord sees fit or his circumstances dictate the need, a person will be released from their calling. Typically, the person will be given a new calling and a new person will receive their previous calling. So that explains the calling aspect mm -hmm. of, of the LDS church. It's the same way in polygamy groups sure. and in the early Mormon church. And so polygamy was a calling. Now, the Old Testament and the New Testament forbid the leaders of God's church, of God's people, to be polygamists. So why is he going to call people, the leaders especially, to do something that he's forbidden them to do? Yeah, from Deuteronomy <laughs> 17. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And from Titus chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife. Okay. Uh, now, we find the same one wife restriction in other, other New pl places, Testament places yeah. as well. And we know that polygamists have twisted these scriptures to say that they must have at least one wife. Well, I checked out the language, the original language, and that is not what <laughs> no. it says at all. The, their opinion of God is actually of his integrity is pretty low to believe that he would stoop to call people to practice religiously authorized adultery, which results in the misery and abuse of so many people. Besides that, and the most important point, is that Jesus Christ alone is the Savior, and polygamy cannot have any part of the salvation of anyone. We have some scriptures. We do, from Isaiah chapter 43 and 45. I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior, and there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Now, has he added polygamy in this? I didn't read that in there. <laughs> I, I don't see it in there at all. There's only one Savior. Polygamy doesn't help at all, and it couldn't have been a special calling in the Mormon church since early church sermons authorized leadership Con uh, the, the authorized leadership yeah. sermon, their sermons, condemned right. the men and women who refused to live polygamy. Yeah, this is from Journal of Discourses, Joseph F. Smith, back in 1878. If this is not correct doctrine, then I am in error, and if I am in error, I want to be corrected. I understand the law of celestial marriage to mean that every man in this church who has the ability to obey and practice it in righteousness and will not shall be damned. I say I understand it to mean this and nothing less, and I testify in the name of Jesus that it does mean that. Now, the context of that is polygamy. Celestial marriage in the early church is synonymous with plural marriage, with polygamy. And Joseph F. Smith was the president. He was the prophet. He was the leader. And as and Doctrine and Covenants 132 definitely brings polygamy and celestial yes. marriage together as synonymous word. The bottom line is God has forbidden polygamy. 
instituted monogamy, and Jesus affirmed that two in a marriage is God's original and only perfect plan for marriage. Now, one more item that we want to discuss is a recent decision by the Davis County School Board, which banned the King James Version Bible from the library shelves of elementary and middle school students. The reasoning behind that decision was that it contains vulgarity and violence. Now, we bring this up because the polygamists believe in the Book of Mormon, and we're going to bring that into the discussion here in a minute. But they believe the Book of Mormon as strongly as the LDS do. So anyway, here is a, a snippet of the news. Yeah, from ABC4 News. Copies of the King James Bible are being removed from school library shelves at elementary and junior high school facilities in Davis County, Utah, after an unknown person's complaint that the scriptures feature material inappropriate for younger children. The Bible will remain on library shelves at the high school level. Now, before we continue, we need to say that since this happened, the decision was reversed. And the the King James Version Bibles has been put back upon the shelves. Um, But... We need to talk a little bit about this to make our point. The announcement, of course, made national news. And people all over the country emailed me and said, have you seen this? Did you see this? And it did create a lot of criticism. Now, it's troublesome that the King James Version Bible was removed, but other versions of the Bible remained on the shelves. Is it because the LDS advises their members to read only the King James Version Bible so other versions are not a threat to the LDS readers? <laughs> and one suggestion was given that perhaps they need to remove the Book of Mormon for its vulgarity and mm-hmm. violence. We quote from Newsbreak.com. The review of the Book of Mormon was requested because it, as with many sacred texts, across major religions contain depictions of extreme violence. Despite the fact that Utah has millions strong Latter-day Saint population, the school district insisted its review would be impartial. The decision to remove the Bible, meanwhile, was appealed this week, which will prompt a second review from the committee. And like I said, they reviewed it and and it went back up on the shelves. The Davis County School Director said that they would treat the request to review the Book of Mormon just like any other request, but we don't hold our breath. (laughs) But for the sake of our discussion, we need to say the Bible tells life like it is. Some people and cultures are vulgar and violent, some more than others throughout history. But some of these students from whom the Bible was withheld likely experienced more vulgarity and violence in their own homes or their video games or the R-rated TV or movies they watch more than they'll ever find in the Bible. Regarding the Book of Mormon, it has been proven to be a book of fiction. It has no historical integrity or authenticity. It is filled with some very vulgar passages and extreme violence. So we ask the question, why the hypocrisy? Another Mormon double standard? No. (laughs) (laughs) We have a couple of examples. Yeah, from Alma chapter 3, verse 6, And the skins of the Lamanites were dark according to the mark which was set upon their fathers, which was a curse upon them because of their transgression and their rebellion against their brethren. Also, Alma chapter 3, verse 9, Whosoever did mingle his seed with that of the Lamanites did bring the same curse upon his seed. 
and from 3 Nephi chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And it came to pass that those Lamanites who had united with the Nephites were numbered among the Nephites, and their curse was taken from them, and their skin became white like unto the Nephites, and their young men and their daughters became exceedingly fair. Racism. <laughs> yep. Racism in any form is vulgar and ungodly and has caused a lot of violence through time. Yet the Book of Mormon contains a host of racist verses like these. Now, what about violence? Well, we quote a Salt Lake Tribune article about this. Yeah, this is from June 3rd this year. There are some obvious and familiar examples of sexual and physical violence beyond wars in the Latter-day Saint scripture of the Book of Mormon, including Nephi chopping off the head of Laban. We know about that one. Ammon kills some robbers and cuts off the arms of others. And Morianton beats a maidservant in Alma 50. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's just a few of the examples that they brought out. But we have one we want to read from 1 Nephi chapter 4. Therefore I did obey the voice of the Spirit, and took Laban by the hair of the head, and I smote off his head with with his own sword. And after I had smitten off his head with his own sword, I took the garments of Laban and put them on put them upon mine own body, yea, even every wit, and I did gird on his armor about my loins. Now, that's pretty (laughs) vulgar, I would say. Pretty descriptive there. Very descriptive. Now, of course, the Book of Mormon is fiction, but it does contain vulgarity and violence. The Bible passes every test of reliability and authenticity, exposing the sins of humanity against each other and against God. The Mormon culture has always attacked the Bible. They have placed their Book of Mormon above the Bible for doctrine, even though Mormonism isn't even found in their Book of Mormon. so true. Removing the Bible from libraries was just another attack. But because of pressure from various sources, they restored it back to the shelves, and we're grateful for that. (laughs) And there never was any more said about the Book of Mormon's violence and vulgarity. And hopefully they'll read the Bible now. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll bring more people (laughs) to reading it and God will grab their hearts. Yeah. Yeah, if nothing else, exactly. Okay, well, we're up to date, I think, on several things. Thank you. You bet, Thank you, Earl. Thank you. Appreciate you. Good job. In the Gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, we read where religious leaders condemned Jesus because he taught and lived contrary to their own ideas of religion. Jesus often corrected their doctrine and explained that all religious laws of the Old Testament were summed up in two commandments. The first one, love God. The second one, love others. It's tragic to read throughout history and to this day the atrocities that humans do to other humans. Even religions are guilty of being unloving to those they disapprove of. Polygamists and Mormonism shun those who disagree, those who manage to escape their oppression, those who use the Bible to reveal their fruitless deeds of darkness. Polygamists are lawbreakers and they know it. They teach in private meetings ways to circumvent arrest, and many of them privately discover new ways to sexually abuse young children. Following the way of Jesus is loving people enough to tell them the truth. That's what Jesus did, and sometimes the truth is very hard to hear. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.